You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slapdick Podcast. Last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, it's a last What up, what up, Real Coach JB here with Brandon Lang, as you all know, the betting handicapper extraordinaire. Here on the Slapdick Podcast, we're going to get straight into it today. Uh, Brandon's been out. Uh, he's been out down for the count, man. So he's a, he's a trooper, though. And so he's missed the last few weeks. He, uh, he's he been dealing with it. I know a lot of guys, Brandon, if you haven't known, have been giving, uh, giving me uh, prayers for you. So they've been missing you on the show. I appreciate you guys. And uh, hey, man, so it, how's your nuts? It's not that I got a knee infection in my left knee. How uh, I don't know. Oh, uh, shit. And then the the bacteria got into my lymph nodes, which affected the nerve that runs down the left side of your body underneath my knee. Oh, that shit. shattered my groin and made it impossible for me to walk. Um, got back to Vegas last Thursday. My knee swelled up the size of a grapefruit. Went to the VA emergency room. Uh, Doctor Wong looked at it, said you got a knee infection. You're you, you probably you maybe go septic here soon admitted me all kind of tests, drained my knee, 90 cc's of blood and pus out of there. Um, and then basically the next step was once the bacteria gets to your lymph nodes, the next step is it gets into your bloodstream. Once it gets into your bloodstream, it's game over, lights out. Thanks for coming out, seeing heaven, and uh, speak highly of me. So we caught it soon enough. Um, so we're, on some, we're on some morphine, oxycodone. Um, the pain still is excruciating. Um, not my knee. Now I've done something to my hip up above my left knee. So it's falling apart at the seams, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll rally here for, for the slapstick podcast and go over some of the featured games. And, and, uh, like my voice said in the movie, uh, Fargo, the old in and out, the old in and out. So we'll, we'll, we'll get in and we'll get out. Hey, no doubt. That's what she said too. Hey, I appreciate you, uh, coming on, man. And everybody appreciates you and thanks you for coming on. Um, Let's get to college first, uh, Brandon, if you will. I know Penn State, Ohio State. Penn State's coming off a reeling loss to uh, a good friend of mine at Indiana, Coach Allen. Uh, my D tackle starts for Indiana. Plays three technique there. They they had a great win there. Um, don't know if the two-point conversion was good or not, but they won. And now Penn State has to play an Ohio State team who seems to be possibly the most talented team in, in, in college football with Clemson and Alabama. So where are you going with that one? Yeah, the funny thing about that is is that some teams just play other teams really tough. And James Franklin and Penn State, they play Ohio State really tough. Uh, yep. This is Penn State team that's covered the last four against the Buckeyes. James Franklin, 7-2, and two, his last nine as an underdog. I know they're down to the third string running back, but it's going to be the defense of Penn State trying to slow down Ohio State, which I think they will. Hmm. I don't like the fact that I'm missing about 100,000 fans from Saturday's contest, but at the end of the day, sure. I, I got to take Penn State plus the double digits. I just do not see James Franklin not having the team ready to play. As bad as they were last week, they still found a way to come back and force that OT uh, with Indiana and, and, and give Penn State credit for that. So I'm going to let the numbers dictate what I do here, and that's Penn State to make it five straight covers versus Ohio State. Penn State, uh, says Brandon. All right. We got Auburn LSU, correct? Yeah, backup quarterback going for LSU. Um, they're a three-point road favorite. 
let it be known that as good as LSU was last year in blowing the doors off people and probably the most prolific offense we are ever going to see in college football, maybe go back to Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, and those USC teams in the mid-2000s, Pete Carroll. But as good as LSU was last year, their toughest game was against Auburn, 23-20 final. Mm -hmm. The underdog in this series has covered four straight and uh, I just think Auburn at home, backup quarterback for LSU, um, still not sold that LSU is back. And and I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Gus Miles down and Auburn at home. Wow, okay. plus the three. Good deal. That's a good pick. I think LSU is going to be very bad this year. I think they might be below 500. That's just me. When you play all SEC teams and you don't get to play fucking Walford. Uh, I think it's really telling, and, and I just think that he had that one-time shot last year. Um, Oklahoma State, Texas. Uh, Oklahoma State's leading that conference. Uh, they probably are looking like the only team that possibly is even worthy. I still wouldn't put a, 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 one of those teams in a BCS playoff ever, but Oklahoma State plays Texas. Uh, I think if uh, he don't get it turned around, Herman, that is, he's possibly out of there after this year. I think they're tired of him. Um, who you got? I get a feeling this one's going to go down to the wire. Um, last 22 times that Tom Herman has been an underdog going back to his days at Houston, uh, his days now with Texas, 16-6 um, and six against the spread as a dog hmm. since 2015. Yes, they did not cover the dog against Oklahoma, but that was three, four overtimes. That kind of That's what it took for them not to cover sure. that game. But I think this is a field goal game, and I'm going to take Texas plus three and a half. Wow. All right, Texas. All right, now, that's pretty much the college games that's worth anything. We got a couple interesting NFL games. We won't cover them all today because I want to get Brandon uh, to rest, man, so we can have him in the long run. Uh, you know, I picked Atlanta last night in an eight-game parlay that I'm in, uh, $22,000 payout if I can win this thing. But uh, they won outright, so I'm, I'm winning so far 1-0. So, we got Pittsburgh-Baltimore. This is the first time Lamar Jackson has played against ben, uh, Big Ben. A lot of people didn't know that. These are the first-time matchup for those guys. Uh, Pittsburgh coming off a very physical fought game, similar to a Baltimore-style run attack with Tennessee. Um, where do you see this one going? You know, we don't, we don't see Pittsburgh going 16-0. Sure. They're going to lose. Sure. So where do they lose? Sure. Um, the Tennessee game was as emotional as any game we've had this year in the NFL. Two undefeated teams went at it. Pittsburgh jumped out to the big lead. Tennessee came born back. Um, they're basically a, uh, a made field goal from forced and OT. I said that when Gaskowski imploded on Monday night at Denver, they should have released his ass. They didn't. <laughs> and uh, he ends up talking them again. Hey, Mike Rabel, if you're listening to the Slapstick Podcast, get rid of the Polak. Send him back to Poland and get him out of our face because he's a chop now. Bill Belichick does not release kickers unless they are a chop. Yep. And Guskowski is now a chop. But back to Pittsburgh, Baltimore. I just think Baltimore at home coming off the bye week. Um, I just think everybody's going to take Pittsburgh here plus the four. And I think the Ravens. Um, catch Pittsburgh in the perfect spot. I'm going to take the Ravens minus four. Really? Okay. Um, let's talk before you – we don't even have to pick this game. Um, I think I know where you would pick. But Tua gets the start. First of all, do you agree with the move by – Go ahead. No. 
No, I don't. I, I and I think you know behind closed doors, I think there's this, some dissension mm-hmm. uh, amongst the rakes. I know you want to play the kid, and I know you're sitting there seeing Justin Herbert have success, and mm-hmm. you're sitting there and seeing Joe Burrows have success, and you're like, you know, we got to get this kid in there. But that that that's the move to make if Ryan Fitzpatrick is struggling. Fitzpatrick is having a year. I mean, a year. And mm-hmm. believe it or not, this team is sniffing a playoff spot if they continue to play well. And, and, and I think Flores has jumped the gun here. And now you got the Rams coming in here. They're laying three and a half. I'd feel a lot better taking the Rams, buying the half point, and laying three than expecting Mr. Tua to play a flawless game with Aaron Donald and the boys in his face all night long. So I think the right side of the game is the Rams. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm exactly 100% with you. I'd said on my show here, I didn't think that was a good move. I would have stayed with them. I, not everybody needs to play right now. This is like a fucking nope. instant gratification era, man. It's unbelievable. Well, uh, the funny thing about it is what people don't, don't understand is Steve Young held a clipboard <laughs> for four years behind Joe Montana. Coach, I mean, Brandon, I, exactly. No doubt. Yeah. How about Aaron Rodgers? How about Aaron Rodgers, Brandon? Same thing. Fuck. Same thing. Aaron Rodgers and Steve Young held a clipboard for four years, and finally Bill Walsh sent Montana to KC, and Brett went off on his merry way, and you, you, you don't have to play these guys right away. And I'm t- so sorry for it. And Tom, Tom, Tom was legitimately behind Drew Bledsoe, who was arguably a, you know on the way to being the Hall of Famer before that whole thing happened. So – there's been guys, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I would think that the Rams are going to have their way. I think that Tua is going to be in a little bit over his shoulder, uh, his head there, and we'll see. A uh, couple interesting games to talk about. Uh, New England-Buffalo. Um, I think New England at 2-4 and four with Cam struggling. This is a tell-all game. Uh, I don't know what you think. Uh, I think it goes both ways, though. Buffalo can't go into uh, trying to win the conference reeling either uh, after losing uh, a couple games here. Uh, where do you got this New England team and, and uh, Cam Newton going? Now, they are 12 guys down to uh, holdout, so opt-out. So, I mean, there is some validity there. I know I know. the stat I'm about to give you has a lot to do with Tom Brady. <laughs> but the last Buffalo and New England have played. Bill Belichick and the Patriots have beaten him 33 of the 36. <laughs> that right now, right now, the GOAT is getting the best of Belichick with what's going on in Tampa. Sure. And Belichick's got to sit here and see the success he's having four touchdown games, five touchdown games. That offense looks good. I mean, Tampa defense looks great. It looks like Tom made the right decision. Hey, Bill, see you on campus, pal. That's what it looks right sure. now. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, Belichick will do something that makes us all take a step back and go, okay, this guy this guy can't coach in football. And I think it's this game here where they go in there as bad as they looked at home against Denver, as bad as they looked at home against the Niners. They'll go in here against a divisional opponent who they know really, really well, who they're very familiar with. And this game is going to go right down to the wire, and you're getting the Patriots plus more than a field goal. It's too many points. Take New England plus four. I agree. I'm taking them. Um, another game to talk about 
Frisco, Seattle. Uh, Frisco's coming back pretty strong lately after a Rams game, uh, New England, two good wins. Uh, they got Seattle, who's coming off a loss to Arizona, which I thought they basically held to Arizona. Like they were, I thought they got bored. It's like the Lakers in Miami. I thought they got bored. Uh, they should have never relinquished a 10 point lead twice uh, late in that game. But anyway, what, what do you got with this one? Well, the problem is when you have the 32nd ranked defense in the NFL yeah. and you can't generate a pass rush, you're going to struggle. And you're going to struggle to put teams away. Yep. And that's the problem with Seattle. They can't generate a pass rush. So Arizona was my best bet uh, on the website at BrandonLang.com. I can't pick a college winner on the website to save my life. We are 4-1 and one in the NFL my last five. Um, Arizona being a best bet. And simply put, it was just Seattle can't make multiple stops to pull away and get separation and, and cover numbers right now. And so now it's a divisional opponent who has looked very impressive the last two weeks. The home win against the Rams, the domination of New England, and now they're going in here where they're 10-2 and two against the spread uh, on the road since last year. Eight straight covers as a regular season underdog. Give me the Niners plus the three and a half. Niners plus three and a half. Uh, do you like the pickup that, that, that Seattle and Carroll did make with getting Dunlap, the DN pass rusher from Cincinnati? Yeah, but one guy is not going to solve the problem. I, I said the same and thing. The problem, yeah. the problem is deeper than that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's the start of of trying to patch up that D line because again, you and I could play quarterback in the NFL if we have the kind of time to throw that people have against Seattle this year. Yeah, and uh, and then and then it's put so much pressure on Russ just to continue to score and score and score, and it's a lot easier said than done. Yeah, it's easy to score first possession of the game, second possession of the game, but when you constantly got to go out there with no margin of error to execute, even the best are going to make mistakes, as Russ did on Sunday night. So. Um, it, it, it's a it's a good fit. Dunlap will be fine, but it's not like he was tearing the world up at Cincinnati. Yeah. So it's not like he's coming in there with nine sacks this year and sure. eleven pressures, and he's on fire. No, no, no. It's you know it's, they're looking for Javon Clowney. They think Dunlap is it, mm. and they're trying to patch it together. We'll, we'll see what happens. And, and you know, a kid I coach, man, Bruce Irvin, JUCO guy out of California. Uh, went to West Virginia. He, he him getting hurt, I think hurt him, and then you know you, you down Jamal Adams, and now. Uh, this week, I don't think they'll have Carson, who another JUCO guy who's balling at running back for them. So I think he's out. So it's going to be a Russell Wilson show and DK Metcalf and, and Lockett, which are pretty premier. But one more pick, uh, Brandon, for me, please. They're asking for it. Uh, Raiders Cleveland, because everybody wants to know, is Cleveland, uh, you know, Cleveland's who they are. Uh, they get blown out by the better teams. They beat the shitty teams. I, I you know, OBJ's out. Um does Baker become better because of that and is not as stressed trying to get him the ball because we know he can't? You know, the Raiders are reeling off of a, a blowout loss to Tampa. Um, kind of both of these teams are kind of going the same direction, in my opinion. I, I don't know what you think, but Raiders at Cleveland, three and a half, uh, minus three and a half. Sometimes, sometimes when you handicap a game, don't. Don't get too crazy with how you handicap it. Don't don't make it harder than it actually is. Simply put, if you can go into Kansas City sure. and beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, right. you can go into Cleveland and beat Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns, who will be playing without Odell Beckham. Right. I know Landry's a beast, 
But at the end of the day, the Cleveland Browns do not have near the weapons that the Kansas City Chiefs do. Right. And for the Raiders to have gone in and beat Kansas City, I'm going to take Las Vegas plus the points. Gotcha. Me too. Um, Brandon's picks, fellas, you guys got them. Hey, make sure you go. Brandon, now, are you still working online, though, for this week? Can they go to your site? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that doesn't change. Okay, cool. You know, yeah. I'm probably going to have a monster winning weekend. I'm all looped up on morphine and oxycodone. So <laughs> this is probably the best weekend to buy picks. I'm high as a kite. Woo! <laughs> hey, Brandon Lang. BrandonLang.com, guys. Go check him out. You can get all the picks there. Um, so we're not giving them all out on this show. And you can get them there and wish him a, a speedy recovery. And uh, hopefully, you know, his fine wife is uh, taking care of him. Why he gets through this process, uh, we all know Brandon loves to talk about. So, hey, I appreciate you coming on, brother, and uh, speedy recovery, man. I'm going to send you a bottle of slapdick whiskey. Please do, Coach. Please do, man, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Peace. Bye-bye. Well, that was Brandon Lang. I didn't want to keep him on too long. He gave us some key picks, uh, so hopefully you guys took a uh, – Took note of those, and uh, Jake, you did miss the picks. Uh, Brandon picked Baltimore, take the points. He picked Las Vegas, took the points. He took New England. He took Frisco, and he also took, um, in college, he took Oklahoma State. Um, no, I'm sorry, he took Texas because he said Herman is 22 and 22 times as an underdog. He's 15 and 7. So uh, he took uh, Auburn to, to uh, with the minus 3 against LSU, and he took Penn State to cover against o- Ohio State because James Franklin um, has covered 7 and 2 in his last 9. So uh, those are his picks. And, um, you know, he took the Rams, obviously, with uh, Tua and uh, – and remember, he said, uh, make sure you remember this. The Pats and and Bilicek is 30, have won 33 out of 36 against Buffalo. So just some food for thought there. Um, so, hey, listen, this show, I'm going to pay the bills. This show is brought to you by Bet Online. I know somebody on YouTube asked, where can you go online and bet? BetOnline.ag, all right? The NFL season is in full swing you might not be at the games this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Make sure I bet last night. I'm in an eight game parlay. Payout for twenty five dollars is twenty five grand. Eight game parlay. Now I picked Atlanta straight up last night, so I'm one and zero. Sunday's going to be a tell all, and I had hey, scared money don't make money. You got to put in. You got to you got to pick some games that you don't think uh, that are normal winners, and that's how you win. But that's what it is. So. 25 bucks to win 25 grand ain't a bad gamble. So, uh, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. I play blackjack on there too, by the way. Uh, so, head to betonlineag.today and take full advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Check it out. Uh, those are Brandon's picks. You can go on brandonlang.com. 
Uh, for you guys on YouTube, Jake, Ernest, anyone that wants to get the picks, go to BrandonLang.com and you can get the world's greatest handicapper. I mean, they did make a show about him, two for the money. So go check it out um, and uh, get into this podcast, this slapdick podcast. Like I said, brought to you by Bet Online. Um, let me give you, let me make sure you guys are all uh, caught up and everything. So I got all these damn computer screens going nowadays, man, and it's just been crazy. So it looks better at least, but you know how it is. Hey, Slapdick Podcast, like I said, brought to you by Bet Online. Quote of the day take a risk or lose a chance. Take a risk or lose a chance. Man, how many chances do we get in life? I'm just going to be honest. Take a chance. You got to take chances, bro. I'm just going to be honest. So if you don't, man, you're going to lose a chance. You're going to, you're going to, if you don't take risk, you're going to lose a chance. And that's just what it is, man. Like I always say, risk first reward. Take a risk, man. Chances, you know, you don't get too many chances in life. So I'm just going to be honest, but Hey, Wayne Gretzky, like he said, man, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. Shit. You ain't going to score that many points. You don't take the shot. Hey, I've never heard of a motherfucker winning the lottery that didn't play the fucking scratcher. Is what it is. Um, get into the shit. Hot topics real quick. Uh, Trevor Lawrence tests positive for COVID. Um, this shit show continues. This JV football continues. A, a great friend of mine and longtime colleague and college coach and buddy of mine that we grew up with playing against each other, coaching against each other. Um, DJ, uh, who's Trevor's backup, is, is, is more than capable. Let's just make sure you guys are clear. He's a Southern California quarterback kid I've got to see grow up his whole life. He is a big-time Cam Newton, ben, ben, Big Ben type of guy. Um, I, you know, now, does he face some butterflies and jitters? Sure. But he's already gotten the games a few times in meaningful parts of the game. He didn't play a lot, but at least he's been in some games um, to get him some reps. And, uh, hey, we'll see how DJ comes in and balls, all right? Um so we'll see how, how it goes. They still have the Heisman candidate, in my opinion, uh, Etienne, the running back. And uh, I think you can throw me in there at quarterback right now. I think Clemson will be fine. Now, does Trevor come back for Notre Dame? With Trevor, I think they smoke Notre Dame. Without him, I still think they win. But it'll be a closer game, right? Um, but Notre Dame plays everybody tough. They just can't win the big ones. So, uh the Big Ten, can we all say it's a joke? Either why did they come back or why did they do what they did? Uh, I talked about on my last podcast, if you guys heard. Um, it was a pretty good podcast, I thought. People literally, um, it's unbelievable to me that, that the quarterback for Wisconsin, Graham Mertz, can be out for three weeks in the prime of his life at 21 years old. A kid I know very well from the Kansas area. Um, he can be out three weeks, but Nick Saban can coach three days after he gets tested. Like, I just, something's wrong with this picture to me. 
Not only has the Big Ten official officials and commissioner failed these kids, number one, all in or all out. These fuckers have no commissioner in the NCAA, and it trickles down, and it becomes something that has only hurt the kids who I keep telling everybody they're just pieces of meat in the meat market, and we're going to get into it. But why come back? If you didn't start when you're supposed to, did you think the COVID was not going to affect your kids if that's what really is happening? They say 98% of the normal flu is down globally. So basically, this COVID has been <laughs> has taken over as the normal flu. That's, what I, that's where I'm headed with it, right? They want to get vaccination money. They want to do all these things. Wait till November 3rd. Watch what happens. But all I'm telling you is, why come back then? Now, the Pac-12 has to be taking note of this and say, fuck. They don't even have anybody that wants to put them on TV. So, really, what's going to happen here? I don't know. The kid got fucked. Wisconsin now can't play Nebraska. They'll lose a game. And Wisconsin may not be able to play the season. And they may not want to finish the season because of what's going on. And you just basically fucked a shitload of kids, made them work out, get back ready for nothing. Because one team in that conference out fucks everybody. So I just don't get it. The, the guy that makes $9 million can live in his mansion away from COVID, get the treatment he needs. The kids that were slave laboring has to go live in the fucking COVID-infested dorms, gets no money, no endorsements, no likely, no, no likeness, and has to perform, and then has to sit out for three weeks, but the coach can come back three days later. Man, something's wrong. You kids, like I told you last podcast, you have the mic. You better drop it or fucking turn out the club because you guys have the platform right now. You guys need to control the narrative. I'm just telling you. But we're going to get into that a little deeper. Steelers Ravens, man. Maybe somebody will listen to the guy that sent 31 quarterbacks Division One, three to the NFL. I'm talking about me, fuckers. I've been saying since they came into the NFL, and nobody wants to hear this shit, Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson were phenoms. Vince Young... We can go down the list how freakish they were in college. So imagine how freakish they were in high school, right? But what I'm saying is, if you go back and listen or see anything I've ever written or talked about, I've been telling you, these guys are going to struggle in the NFL after year or two. Because what happens is, when they come in, the NFL has to just get adjusted because the NFL is assignment-based, that means you get paid millions to have the running back. You get paid millions to have the quarterback. They don't blow assignments. That's why you don't run triple option in the NFL. Not only for that reason, because the other reason is you're not going to fucking pay a guy $100 million to run him hash number sideline to get him hurt. It hasn't worked in the history of the NFL I don't see it happening now. Lamar Jackson came in, won the MVP. We're all in awe of his athleticism. I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's a great kid. I know a good friend of mine who coached him at Louisville. I think he's freakish. 
but he's not a long-term NFL quarterback that's going to win Super Bowls. Cam Newton, the same way. If you look at him and say, well, and it's not a stereotype about black quarterback, white quarterback. It's the transition of the college coach not being able to transition his QBs to the NFL. Because we're in the gun, we're coaching these things to go fast, triple option, spread option, RPO offenses, and which is me. I love it. That's why I want to coach college. I don't want to coach in the NFL. Get the best athletic, freakish cat you can who can throw, hitch, and let's roll. That's what you're seeing transition in the NFL. And someone will say, well, Mahomes is black. First of all, I didn't say it was a black-white thing. What I'm telling you is, first of all, look at the style of those two guys. Look at the style and the mechanics of a Mahomes compared to Lamar Jackson. If we want to talk quarterback play, we're going to get to that on my Coaching 101 show. But if you see Lamar Jackson's platform drop, his shoulder's very low, his his elbow's very low, he's got an awkward delivery, and he's a three-quarter release guy, and he's not 6'6", and he's not a guy that's going to sit there and scan the defense, understand where his plus and minuses are, understand where pressures are coming from. He's a guy that's in 32 personnel in the NFL, 40% of the game, and he's a guy that loves throwing to the tight end. He has no real receivers Besides Hollywood Brown, who's really just a little fast kid out there who can't really run great routes if you've watched him. Lamar depends on his tight ends because it's a shorter distant throw. He's he's a bigger target. And you're seeing Lamar struggle this year, and everyone's going to start bashing him. The unfortunate part about it is I've been saying these things, man. I know quarterbacks. I know the position very well. And I can coach it. That's the issue. These guys are, when they run around, there's a guy wide open in the end zone for every time those guys struggle and scramble. Look at Baker Mayfield. Tell me when Steve Young won the, when, when he won the Super Bowl. When did he start doing? He stopped running and started becoming a pocket passer. I didn't say stop using your feet to make plays. I said when he became a passer and not a runner, like he was when he was the backup to Montana, he won a Super Bowl. <sighs> Mahomes wins with his arm. Let's me no make mistake about it. He gets first downs with his feet, and he he'll score an occasional touchdown with his feet. But so does fucking Matt Ryan. Did you see Matt Ryan score last night with his feet? There's occasions that you have to run, but Matt Ryan's looking to throw the football, and it's a it is a stereotype typical white quarterback in the pocket, black guy's gonna be the kid that runs around in athletic. It's stereotypical, but it's true. Cam Newton has been a 60% passer his whole life. Now on ESPN, people are claiming COVID is fucking with them. God damn, come on, man. Cam Newton has been a 60% passer his whole career. And to me, I took it as a a shot to Coach Rivera, great human, great coach. We can't, we're we're not allowed to lose here in New New England. So you were allowed to lose in fucking Carolina? (laughs) This shit blows my mind how cats be throwing cats under the bus, dog. It's unbelievable to me. You couldn't win in Carolina. And I love, I like Cam Newton, Juco guy, man. I know, you know, all that shit. 
But he's not, I don't like how the motherfucker dresses, but he's not the guy that's going to sit there. He didn't fit New England, in my opinion. I think that it is really fucking up McDaniels. And now I think McDaniels and Belichick are all fucked up because of how Tom Brady's having success, throwing for four or five touchdowns a game. So it is what it is. I've been saying it for years. I've literally called 99% of the quarterbacks that have had success in the NFL coming from college. I've called it out. I've told people. I told people Wentz was going to be a bust. No, Wentz is the shit. I told fucking people Baker was shit. I've been saying that Vince Young was not going to make it. I said, Vince Young ain't going to make it. Vince Young and Lamar Jackson have the exact same delivery. The exact same low platform delivered elbow placement. When they deliver the football, go look at where the ball leaves their delivery at. It's fucking right here. You can't. Yeah, that's fine. What does Baker inheriting a, a bad franchise have to do with his fucking quarterback play? He inherited a bad franchise that has a great skill set fucking crew, bruh. He's got a hell of a running game. He's got three great fucking receivers. He's got a pretty good tight end. He's got a good old line. What's, his, what's your excuse now? Baker inherited a bad franchise. No, the coaches inherited a bad franchise. Baker inherited a great, talented football team. You want to keep it real. Baker's overrated. He has good commercials, but I believe that's his future. Yeah, I'm just going to be honest. So, Baker, <laughs> Baker inherited a bad franchise. Yeah, because he bought the franchise. No, I would love to go fucking on the Cleveland Browns and have that crew, have that wide receiver fucking crew. So, he just ain't the guy, bro. Um, can't throw the football to other guys and other teams every fucking day and think that. If you look at every interception, he's literally eyeballing it. He looks nobody off. He has no concept of fucking coverage rotation. He has no concept of where pressures are coming for. I'm just telling you. So go check it out. Um, but anyway, someone will listen one day about this quarterback shit. Um, Broncos old lineman and the Vikings linebacker just tested positive today. Um, so... If you haven't seen that, um, just continues to shit, you know, roll downhill. (sighs) Just getting into some things that have happened. Dan Tony, I'm going to talk about this shit, and this is going to be the main topic of of the show. Dan Tony gets the assistant job under Steve Nash. Dan Tony coached Steve Nash. Dan Tony had great success with Steve Nash. Um, and, uh, I'm going to get into this, uh, this whole thing. All right. Let's see. Steve Nash has Jock Vaughn as an assistant, Amari Stoudemire as an assistant, and now Mike D'Antoni as an assistant. Sometimes there is... Too many Chiefs and not enough Indians, man. Please understand that. So, 
think I lost my video, huh? Let me fix this too. Um, you guys got me? Yeah, I know. Let me see. I don't know why. Let me figure out what happened here. I don't know what happened to the camera. Nah. Hold on. Give me one second. The camera's just flickering right here. I don't know why it's off. Always something, man. Technological fucking. I'm a technological failure. Three degrees, but I don't have no. Sh I can't fucking. I don't know. It says. Uh, I think it says something's wrong with the SD card, man. Jesus Christ. Well. I'm going to have to do the rest without it. I don't know how to fix it, man. Um, I'll have it fixed for tomorrow, hopefully, for my coaching show. I'll get, I'll get it fixed, fellas. I apologize. But listen, Dan Tony, um, yeah, just look at my modeling looking self, man, frozen right there like a fucking big dog. But, uh, yeah, motherfuckers know what I look like. Shit. I don't got no fucking bitches sitting in here naked. So, look, this is the deal. Uh... At some point, you're going to have too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Why did they hire Nash if they're going to hire all these other motherfuckers? At some point, Durant and the shitbird is going to look away and look to fucking D'Antoni, or they're going to look at, um, they're going to look at different fucking people to figure out. Man, I'm going to listen to this guy. Steve Nash has put himself in a bad situation, in my opinion. And it's going to be very difficult for him to win this team over um, if, if, uh, if he can't get them done. If he can't get them to the fucking yard. I'm just telling you, it's going to be very interesting. Um, I want to see. Brooklyn has talent, but we're going to see. Because remember, Brooklyn has a shitbird in Kyrie Irving. When you have a shitbird with a young rookie coach, I don't care if you're a Hall of Famer or not, you're going to have some issues. Um, and I just believe that's what's going to happen here. So, I don't know. That's just me. Um, that's what I believe. But who knows? I've been wrong before. Um, you guys still hear me? Because my video's out. I don't know what's wrong. But... uh so that's just what it is, you know. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see how this ends up playing, and uh, yeah, the camera's fucked up. I don't know what happened. I figure it out. You figure you buy a fucking seven hundred dollar camera, you figure this motherfucker would work. Now I have to fire the next motherfucker that helped hooked it up. So anyway, um, I don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. So let me get into. I got some interesting shit to talk about here. A five-star kid in, in college basketball, a, a five-star kid uh, committed to Michigan today in basketball. So, Jawan Howard, I see him making some moves. Um, 
Before I talk about that, I got a good question here. I, I was going to talk about Justin Turner and this whole thing. Justin Turner test positive, coming back on the field to take pitcher. Um, this is a good teammate, or is he being selfish? <sighs> Let me ask you something. Let me tell you this. To me, it's a mockery and it's a joke. I'm glad and happy as fuck that he went out there with his team. He earned that shit. He's been there the whole time. He helped them earn it. I'm happy as fuck. So you're telling me in the seventh fucking inning, they come into him and say, you have COVID. So let me ask you something real fucking quick. And this don't take no brain fucking surgeon to figure out. So you're telling me if you leave the leave the dugout now and nobody will get COVID. But if you stay for the eighth and ninth inning, you'll get COVID. Come on, dog. I'm glad his wife or, or, his, or his girl or whatever, I'm glad that she kissed him. Because it's fucking ridiculous that they pulled him in the seventh. Then you should have called the game. Don't pull the cat out in the seventh inning. And then say that they're not going to fucking get the COVID. So now nobody else will get the COVID if you leave. Eighth and ninth inning is good. Come on, dog. You guys understand how fucking dumb we sound? I'm glad he went out there. I'm glad as fuck. Because if I was Dave Roberts, I would have told the team, you know what, you guys want him out here? Let's get him out here. And then we'll stay in Houston in COVID quarantine because he deserves to be a part of this. That's just, you don't win World Series every year, bro. You don't have an opportunity to do this every fucking year. So, that's just my opinion. Um, it was too late. It was over. It was done. Um, yeah. Yeah, they said six, second inning, they came, they had a, a false positive or some shit, or it was inconclusive, and then in the seventh inning, you can't go, you know, you got to get out of the game. Like, come on, man. It, it was a done. It was stupid. Uh, so I'm glad he went out there, man. And now they're talking about suspending him for a year next year. Man, please. You could die walking your fucking doggy. Miss me with that shit. Anyway, I'm going to get back to the topic. Uh, I'm glad Justin Turner did that shit. Anyway, um, five-star kid named Hooper commits to Michigan, or uh, Hooper commits to Michigan. And Jawan Howard signed him. The rest of this show, I'm gonna I'm gonna title is why. All right, because let me ask you something. It's very interesting. It'll probably be controversial, and it'll be something that you know I'll take heat for. But guess what? If it wasn't controversial, it wouldn't be JB, right? Why does I know cameras out guys. I apologize. It went out during the show. I have no idea why I can't figure it out. And, uh, I have no idea what to do. Um, it has double zeros on my camera and it's just sitting there. So I don't know. I'll figure it out. Um, afterwards I'll be back up for the coaches show tomorrow. Let me ask you this. Why does Duke, Kentucky, UCLA, historically Gonzaga, Florida, Billy Donovan, Arizona, Historically, North Carolina, Villanova. Why do all those guys get the top-notch recruits every year? Why do they win national championships all the time, or, or at least in the mix? Why can't Jawan Howard do it? 
Why can't Shaka Smart do it? Why can't Patrick Ewing do it? Why can't Leonard Hamilton at Florida State do it? Why can't Ron Hunter at Tulane do it? Why? Why do you guys not understand that this is a result-oriented business and I believe cultures have been set and those guys go to the NBA. They win national championships. There's more exposure, right? That's one side of it. But let me ask you something. There's a guy named Pat Chambers who's a white guy at Penn State who has arguably had more success than Jawan Howard, Shaka Smart, Patrick Ewing, Leonard Hamilton, Ron Hunter, black head coaches at the four-year level. And you're talking about Jawan Howard's at Michigan. This is going to be his, what, second or third year? Patrick Ewing's at his alma mater, Georgetown. Leonard Hamilton's at Florida State. So don't say it's a shit school, right? Ron Hunter's at Tulane. Louisiana, dog. I mean, don't tell me there's no talent. Pat Chambers arguably had better success at Penn State than all those black coaches I just mentioned. But he was just, he just resigned for racially motivated, inappropriate behavior. And he's had more success than those black guys. Less success than Shostakovsky and Kentucky, UCLA, Gonzaga, Florida, Billy Donovan, Arizona, North Carolina, Villanova, of course. But he's had more success, arguably, than those fucking six head black coaches or five head black coaches that I mentioned, at least. I think Oklahoma State has a head basketball, black basketball coach. I think there's a it's a little bit on the rise. I think it's 29 percent black coaches uh, in college basketball, which is still a mockery and a slap in the face. Right. But why? Can a dude like Pat Chambers, who is fucking found to be racist, have more success with black players than these black coaches? Man, I think I got a good topic here. Motherfuckers don't want to talk about this shit. Really, I just it blows my mind that you can tell me that these black coaches can't get this top talent to their schools. But these white motherfuckers can. Hmm. Interesting. Is it why? Why is it? Let's get into it. Parents. Is it the parents? Because remember, the helicopter parents are the first one at your practice talking shit that why my kid ain't playing. But you chose to take him to Penn State where the motherfuckers are full on blown racist. Over going to Georgetown, Florida State, Tulane, where some brothers are coaching and What was the reason? I blame you parents. I blame the high school coach that either pushed the kid to one of those schools because of money, because of culture, because of history, because of the coach is a big name, John Calipari, Shesheski, fucking Roy Williams. But I blame the player more than any of them. I blame the player more than any of them because... Bottom line, you have to be the CEO of yourself, and you kids aren't doing enough research. You'd rather be on Twitter with your hat, showing how many fucking hats you want to put on Twitter, 
And you really haven't done no research, man. You just know Michael Jordan went to North Carolina, and you just know Grant Hill went to Duke, and you just know Villanova won a natty lately, and you know Billy Donovan won two natties at Florida, and you know that that's what it is. That's what it is. It isn't no research. You have done no moral or you haven't looked into any of these coaches, what they stand for. Do they have your best interest? Or did they walk in and drop a bag and say, you're coming to Duke, North Carolina, fucking Kentucky, whatever it may be. Parents, it's like voting. If you don't vote, don't say shit. Don't bitch and moan. I'm not voting, so guess what? You'll never hear me talk shit again after this election. I'm not voting because I wouldn't give a square to piss to either one of them. But I'm going to stay in my lane from that point because I didn't vote. I have no right to talk shit no more. Sure, I'm going to say, ah, it's because of him we're in a civil war. Or, huh, we're in World War III because of this motherfucker. Yeah, that's something I might say. But I didn't vote, bro. I have no say in it. You didn't, re- you didn't fucking research and go turn over rocks to figure out why are you choosing to go here over this. I don't understand. Because if I got a job, number one, I'm going to beat out everybody in recruiting. I don't give a fuck what color, purple, green, yellow, blue. But if you put me on a staff with any of these aforementioned guys, I'm going to get those guys too. But the issue is, I don't understand why more of the top-notch talent is not going to these schools. And we can talk about football, too. I might make this a topic, man, on, on the next show and, uh, and bring it up. But when I, especially when I do a re- recruiting show uh, on, 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 co- on Coaching 101. But you rather go play for Mike Krzyzewski who's historically done great things, right, obviously. And we've never heard any major issues coming out of there. Maybe besides Zion, they paid Zion. Oh, that's shocker. Fuck, everybody's paying, bro. Get over that shit. Um, so, you, but you, 18-year-old, young, inner-city, black kid, rather go play for Krzyzewski than Patrick Ewing? I'm curious on why that is. I'm curious on... Why more black head coaches aren't getting the success and having the success and getting the top-notch talent when all these white coaches hire black coaches to get the black talent. So why can't you get them as the head coach over these white guys who are paying assistance to be recruiters? Great topic. I think you need to look deep into it. Um, I don't think kids really do the research and then they want to bitch and moan. I think this fucking soft-ass enabled fucking country we're in has allowed this to happen over the years. And I don't believe kids are really doing the research. They don't give a fuck about it. They just go there because of Nike, Adidas, or what have you. And they're on TV and they guys got to go to the NBA. That's why. And I'm not mad at it. But don't talk shit that they don't make a release about Black Lives Matter or about the Black Lives Movement in a in in a in a ample time when something like this that the country's dealing with happens. Don't bitch and moan. Don't vote. Don't talk. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. 
that's just what it is. But it's a very interesting topic. I'm going to actually do some research on the shit, and I'm going to look into it. And I want to know more because there has to be something deep that goes into it. It could even be the fact that black kids resent black male role models because some of them had had their role model or fathers walk out on them. They don't want to fucking go play for one. Think about it. I've had black kids tell me that. I've been down. I've had kids crying on my shoulder talking about their daddy left them and they didn't know him. There's a huge part of that as to why they go in and say, you know what? Fuck. I don't know if I want to fucking play for a black man. I, I, I've, I've literally had kids resent men. Me. I don't give a fuck what color you are. Until you break them, until they trust you, until they'll run through a wall for you because they know you have their back and they know you're genuine, they don't give a fuck what color you are. They won't respect a man and they will fight a man and disregard a man to the deepest fucking, to the deepest root until they trust you and, and, and really invest in you. Because I'm just telling you, there's some things that uh, I've been told and I've, I know what I've had to dig deep and figure out. I'm just telling you. That's why I always say turn over rocks. You never know what a kid's going through. You never know any of that shit until you do some investment. And I can guarantee you there's too many coaches out here that ain't knowing what the fuck's going on at home with them. They don't know the real deep root issues that these kids have. And then when you see the coach not even have a fucking can't even make a, a a statement without having a publicist it shows you that these kids and parents and coaches aren't doing any fucking research regarding their futures they're putting their future in someone else's hands like i always say and they have no fucking regard for the outcome they're just gonna suck their teeth and bitch and moan when something bad happens but when something good happens which is 50 50 because you're going to a Kentucky, Duke, UCLA, Florida, you're going to have a 50-50 shot, right? But the 50% that don't make it are going to suck their teeth, point at the coach, point at the bitch and moan about this, this, and this, and you're going to transfer. I entered the transfer portal. Is what it is, man. So go figure it out. Hopefully, we'll see Dion get some more big-time recruits to come to Jackson State, HBCU. We'll see. Uh, I still don't see it. Do you think Dion and Jackson State is going to out-recruit Saban and Dabo at Clemson and Alabama? Let's be honest. Yeah, Dion might get a couple. He's not going to out-recruit those guys, man. Because the kid wants the Taj Mahal... They want the fucking glamour and glitz. They want the NFL exposure. They don't give a fuck. These kids don't even know who Deion Sanders is. Half of you guys that are younger than fucking 30 probably don't know half the guys I talk about is. You probably don't know who Earl Campbell, Eric Dickerson is. A lot of cats I know don't even know who these guys are. So... I do agree. I think Prime is a PR stunt. I mean, he's still doing Subway commercials. He's doing fucking, he's doing Under Armour commercials, but they're on. A, they're a Nike team. I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, 
Alex asked a question. Is it really as simple as black and white? Do those black coaches automatically have the kids' best interest because they're black? No, they don't. I didn't say black coaches had the kids' best interest because they're black. Um, that's not what I said. I'm, I'm curious on why more black coaches can't get more top-notch black kids to um, play for them. And like I said, there's, there's, some, there's probably some psychology behind it. Maybe they don't want to, they, they, their dad did them wrong or their mentor did them wrong, grandpa or uncle. Who knows what it is? They may not want to play for a black man. But there's some deep-rooted uh, issues here, and uh, it's a good topic to discuss. I'll, I'll probably bring it up on a bigger platform later. Um, but uh, we'll see how it goes, man. But an interesting topic. I'm curious on seeing how pe- what people think about it. And uh, we'll go from there. Man, I apologize about the camera. And uh, and maybe I'll get it. I'll have it back up in the morning, man. I just, it's all fucked up right now. I don't know why. Um, so we'll see what happens. But appreciate you guys coming on for the show, man. Uh, hope you got Brandon's picks. And, uh, yeah, we will bring it up on us and them for sure with me and Spree. And uh, you guys become members. You guys want to be on the show next Wednesday, become a, a, a mid-tier member, and uh, we'll try to get you on the show on Wednesday. And if you guys want to be on the show, email me early so I can got, dissect through the emails. Last week was the first one. Shout out to my boy Chris Pugh. He came on, did a great job. And we would like to get three or four guys on the show uh, that are members um, per per week, and so we can uh, we can discuss some real shit. I just put my uh, email on there, and uh, hey, Chris Pugh earned a bottle of a slap dick uh, um, that I'm gonna sign. He was the first guy on the show, and like I said, there'll be there'll be different perks. So I advise you become a member, especially a high tier member of the Coaching One on One Show, because like I said, that December first is gonna go members only. So you got a month, man, uh, from tomorrow or from Sunday to become a member of the high-tier Coaching 101 show, which is going to blow up. So I'll see you guys at the clinic one-on-one tomorrow, Coaching 101 tomorrow. Like I said, I'll, I'll get this camera figured out, um, or I'll die trying. Hey, man, for Stogie and Cali, the real Coach JB, peace. Hope this ain't my last chance. It's the last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me, it's the last chance for you. Last chance for me, it's the last chance for you. Last chance for me, will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see, it's the last chance for you. Last chance for me, it's the last chance for you. Last chance.